when you hear the cliche that somebody's chicken is someone's burger, you know we are talking about the proverbial individual contributor in sales, right? How many times have you seen a very smart, suave, glib-talking salesperson land up in a dev plan, as in a development plan or a performance improvement plan? And how many times has the reverse also come true where someone you thought was the low life sitting in some corner and completely, totally, utterly clueless land up winning the MVP or the Most Valuable Player Award. If this does not tickle your fancy, then I don't know what will. So stay tuned for this fascinating episode where we discuss the ways and means on identifying how the performance improvement plan works, what does it take to get out of it, And what happens if you don't get out of it in this episode? Hello and welcome to Bus Talk, a podcast about your work-life balance or the lack thereof, where we do simple talk in the world of complex commentary, the life around work and sundry. It's for those who need support in strife stuck in the traffic of work life, hoping to find a method to the madness, joy in sadness, clarity in confusion and sanity in this commotion. Welcome to Bus Talk. And today's question comes all the way from the United States of America. One of our very first listeners, Mr. Verma, asks this question that as a sales or from a sales manager's perspective, how do individual contributors get picked up for dev plans? Well, Mr. Verma, they don't get picked up. They get identified. (laughs) You might want to rephrase that. And the second part of the question is, how how do they get fired in large organizations beyond the target is there something else that's in control how much of it is due to manager likability well mr verma thank you for your question there are lots of parts to this question and this is very relevant it's a very legit question i guess many sales managers individual contributors will have faced similar situations. So I'm guessing this conversation will be relevant to so many sales folks around the globe. To understand this better, let's dive in to figure out the 360 degree view. So let's zoom out first. So the first thing all of you individual contributors who are in sales and perhaps work in a multinational organization please realize you are part of a capitalistic economy. Let me explain what that means. Capitalism and fairness are strange bedfellows. Capitalism is an unapologetic way of growing at all costs. Yes, it has to be ethical, but it is fierce. It it was always a high-risk, high-return game. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Fairly sometimes and sometimes unfairly. Justifying OPEX to the business is always tough, no matter what you do. The pressure is to show the shareholder value by maintaining profitability at all times. That's why when you hear the leaders 
right after Q4 and you're like fatigued and tired after a year. And then when you hear them speak about the Q1 messaging, they are like with all energy and gusto. And you think, wow, you've been doing this for 15 years or 20 years. How do you find the energy? Well, I can tell you the secret that there isn't an alternative, right? The leader of the organization cannot come to an all-hands call and sound, oh my God, I'm so tired. Now, I don't know, take it easy in Q1 because one month missed catching up on the forecast at that level on the next month is almost impossible. So there is no letting up. It's back to back, back to back till you last in the game. And so therefore, one of the fundamental asks from the business is to find, identify those horses, if you will, who continue to run without getting fatigued. Now, however logical or illogical that might sound, that is the ask, right? And so people rationalize that, well, I have hired five horses. Three of them are at full tilt and they will cross the distance or they will last the distance. These two are not so good, but they will serve as a backup in case one of these horses falters along the way or or does not complete the race or chooses to run some other race. So I have someone on the backup and then I can groom the person. So that's how the mechanism of the entire sales ecosystem works. Now, within this, it's the inevitable reality that there is the bell curve. There are the top performers, the 20% top performers, and then there are, you can safely say the bottom 80 performers, but they're to be fair, if you want to put, put in the bell curve, there is the 50% who will be in the middle and the balance 30% who will be at the bottom. This obviously fluctuates from time to time. And so the pressure for the individual contributor is to not go below stack rank 6. What I mean by that is on a scale of 10, if 1 is the top performer and 10 is the bottom performer, if you are somewhere at around the 7 mark, you should really get worried. So the goal and the pressure that you have on you is to push and break into the top 5. At least you are in the middle. And that too for a finite period of time, right? You cannot forever be in the middle. At some point you've got to grow and push into the top 3 and then to the top number 1. That's how the economy of it all works and clearly there will be the counter push right the number one is there for a reason right and so what are you doing differently from the number one person or what are you not able to do just like the number one two or three stack ranked person so this is the way capitalistic economy capitalistic sales economy generally works now in this race in this madness in this chase pressure cooker situation, there are often occasions where you as a sales manager, if you are a sales manager, you've got to think very smartly, very sharply and very impassionately, right? That you have a business to run. You cannot run it at a loss. There is no long-term view, if you will strictly ask most sales managers. When I say long-term view, think of the 
you know traditional indian organizations that of say tatas or the birlas or what have you that you know we've often heard the previous generation stories where you know the person has entered as an apprentice uh, right out of the engineering and then exited as the general manager or director or vice president what have you working 30 years or 32 years within the same organization that is not how it works in most multinational companies especially most us based multinational companies where the utility is defined quarter to quarter so think of you as a if you're an individual contributor i want you to start thinking of yourself as a business owner if you are the business owner if it is your money that you are plowing in to the business how long will you tolerate underperformance think of you building a house right you have limited budget you need to build a house you know that you need to get raw materials ingredients pay the architect pay the interior designer and the labor who actually constructs the house that's a typical scenario in india and so imagine if the three contractual laborers turn up to your doorstep and say look today i'm not feeling well no i just don't like grinding the cement and let me do it i need a couple of days break how are you going to react then are you going to be compassionate that look you needed to lay 10 bags of cement today but you only delivered three bags are you going to be compassionate he's just a human he could fall sick he could have other issues he could have multiple other asks and if the answer is yes then what happens the house that you thought would get built in 10 months time could perhaps take 15 months time now are you okay with that delay why because that 5 month of delay also means 5 months of additional expenses these guys are not because they are delaying it's not that they're saying i'll work f- free no, they are still going to charge you salary so you, now you had budgeted for 12 uh, 10 months of salary now you're going to pay them 15 months in 5 month of extra salary where is that money going to come from i'm just giving you this analogy that this is the same thought process that works in a business right how long do you tolerate underperformance the human emotions aside how long do you do that basis what and then the question that most sales managers often face and not many will share this with you that the question they get asked from their senior management is well you trying to pr- protect this particular sales rep and it's costing your business unit the forecast right it's you're missing your forecast so what are you going to do about it and then the person says look i'm going to give this person one more quarter he ha- he or she had some problems but the pipeline looks good and the person will deliver sooner than later the prompt rebuttal from the senior management is you want to keep this person's job and lose your job is that the case what if this person uh, in the next quarter comes up with some new problem something unforeseeable unforeseen what do you do then you would have missed two consecutive quarters of your forecast then you start to become inefficient in which case should we keep you at the job now that's a tough question to answer if you ask me right these are very uh, and this is nothing to do with covid times right this is even this covid independent 
right? So people will have these tough questions come your way if you are a sales leader. And so you should be able to answer that are you going to be protective about your team or be sharp to get to your numbers at all costs? Because not getting to your numbers has far-reaching repercussions. And I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. And I don't mean all of the senior management are devils, but just from an individual contributor's standpoint, right? What happens is the IC misses the number. Then that means that the manager misses the number by that margin. And assume that the deficit is so much that the sales manager is not able to cover the forecast from some other sales person, right? Your five-member team, four of you hit the forecast, one of you don't, but the miss that you do is so much that the gap cannot be covered by the other teammates. So what happens then? The gap shifts from the sales manager to the, to the sales director or vice president sales. That gap adds up to the other similar gaps that some of the other sales leaders might have missed. And by the time it reaches to the apex, right, the, right at the top, then the gap is like a humongous black hole. So what, what's the problem with that? For all public limited companies which work on shareholder values and everything, they give, If I don't know if you've heard the quarterly earnings report and if you haven't please as a salesperson even if an individual contributor make it a practice without fail listen to your company's earnings call end of every quarter right it gives you the sense why there's a very interesting piece in the in the discussion there which says guidance for the next quarter right in it's a forward-looking guidance there are disclaimers constant currency rates, fluctuations, da-da-da, all those things are there. But the ask is that in the next quarter, the ask from the market is, in the next quarter, what is your recommendation? How are you going to fare? How are you going to perform? And so it is incumbent upon the company leadership, the management that faces the public, give a guidance because, hey, you're running the company and if you don't know where the numbers are coming from, then how are you running the company? And if you don't know how you're running the company, then why should I invest money in your company? Logical, isn't it? I'm going to put in my hard-earned money in your organization as a to earn a part of the share. I want to see that share value go up. What What's wrong? It's, it's a return of investment, right? If you put in money, you want an expected return. I am, as a, as a shareholder, asking you, how are you going to guarantee me a return of investment? To what degree, to what percentage basis, which I will determine how much money to put in, right? And so when a shareholder community poses a similar question, it is imperative that the sales leadership or the company leadership answer that question saying, look, our guidance is considering situation ABC and risk DEF, more or less, we should be in the variance of 3 to 5% of this number. Now, go back to that original sales manager missing the number situation. Suddenly, when you're in your next forecast call, you are at a situation where you're saying, well, I thought we would get to, say, $100 
of revenue but here i am at a 80 dollar revenue with a 20 dollar deficit now the shareholder is going to ask them well your guidance was that you would reach at least 95 or 98 percent accuracy but you are only at 80 percent so why should i invest money in your organization now how tough a conversation is that right it is a, it's public right think of it and this is not one person it could have a multiplier effect so if there are 50,000 people who have invested in your company suddenly if you are not able to answer that well I missed my guidance I really <laughs> I didn't want to use a strong word there I messed up uh, I messed up my forecast right you can't do that on a public forum you could get sued people's lives who have invested so much of hard-earned money get lost people die by suicide people have nervous breakdowns there's so many things that could get triggered because you missed your guidance or forecast and therefore if you now scroll down right back to the individual contributor it triggers a chain reaction the moment you miss your numbers you might not realize it you might not see it but you are not alone who is missing the numbers there could be 10 other people who would miss the numbers and that has a snowballing effect by the time it gets to the highest level the gap is so much and the share market could tumble the company stock prices could completely fall become the reason for the company's downfall so the point i'm trying to make is that it is an incredibly difficult task to salvage once you've missed your numbers and therefore if you go further down the downstream every single moving part of the sales chain has to hold good on their forecasts and that's why the pressure which some of you individual contributors face to deliver the numbers now life would be so much better if for example if your fiscal is from 1st january through 31st of december and on 30th of december you say chief all my numbers are done here is the forecast da 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 i'm good to go would life have been better perhaps yes but would you risk your business in that fashion answer is no why because you can't be quiet from 1st of january to 30th of december hoping and wishing that your salesperson is delivering the numbers so what do you do in return you break down the year into four quarters you break down each quarter to three months you break down the three months into 22 days and you break down the 22 days into five days into one day so every single day if you deliver then the chances are that you will deliver in the week the month the quarter the year and therefore the sales manager is perpetually worried that which person is missing which number in which particular week because they know think of the smb business small and mid-sized businesses it's a velocity business it's a volume business you miss your numbers for one week there is no catching up right the, the, you can't get it back that is like a bad debt it's lost it's gone think of the enterprise business you might have a seven month or an eight month sales cycle but your deal value is like 
500k one 500k deal which goes out of forecast leaves such a big gaping hole where are the three other backup 500k deals that will fill up the missing forecast if there isn't one then the manager is going to be extremely pissed off if you missed your forecast and therefore the deal reviews are that much more critical that much more detailed that if you are forecasting a large value deal have you covered all the bases and there is no end to it right people often become happy years and say yeah it's a big million dollar deal out there and lo and behold the deal slips for some other reason and then hell breaks loose and so it is important for sales managers to be on top of their game and that's what causes all the pressure right that's what causes all the tough love conversations in inside the huddle rooms if you will that i have to make sure that your productivity for the given week is on point if it misses then i better have a reasonable explanation and a foolproof backup plan to bridge the gap if i don't then i have to take an action and therefore people get identified who don't show consistency in their performance you know just because you got 110% the previous quarter doesn't ensure you for the next quarter you know why because people also know how you get the numbers for example if your budget was 400k and you got two deals one was 395k and one was 5k that is not consistency because what are the odds of you getting a 395k deal again and again what the business wants to see to de-risk the business is that you have 50 such deals of smaller value that don't cause a dent in the forecast so when the manager does not see such robustness in your forecast in their mind they think that you are a business risk and the unsaid word there is if you are going to cause a business risk you are going to cause a job risk to me now it's my job versus versus your job who is it going to be i'm guessing you know the answer and therefore for individual contributors no matter how unfair it might seem go back to the house example and, and think about it that you wouldn't let the bricklayer or the cement or the other laborer miss their delivery if it were your own house then if you are in help building somebody else's house why would they tolerate your inefficiencies so always think that this is the chain reaction you miss you missing your forecast triggers a chain reaction in the business can you afford it last point i'd like to say is it's not that all cases people you know prefer likable managers and if you suck up to a manager then they might give you that extra quarter it's not like that it's hard math you could have i don't want to use the word nincompoop but you might have a less efficient manager who would think well it's okay uh, i love the flattery that comes my way you should actually as an individual contributor if your flattery is getting accepted by your manager you should get worried because 
the people above your manager are not stupid people they know the strengths and the weaknesses of people and if they see that this particular person is being taken on a long hard bumpy ride by their sales rep they're going to get rid of this manager and what happens then then you get exposed so sucking up is clearly not a solution and if you if your manager is being very compassionate and saying yeah, yeah don't worry go ahead i'm with you and all that remember he or she is under tremendous pressure to justify your existence now i'm not saying whether this is right or wrong i'm just saying this is the way it is that is what you signed up for capitalism remember that's going back to the top of the conversation that is how capitalism works you are either growing or you are dying there is no hanging in between there is no sitting in some corner and doing some shit that nobody notices the dashboards the reports everything is visible audible and everyone is talking about it and if you are not listening to it if you are not picking up the signs you are under some rock outside the planet so my friend as an individual contributor do not miss your forecast and this cannot be a crisis management it has to be a preemptive management what does that mean that before you get to a situation which is completely out of your control you have to work in a plan b plan c if a doesn't work what else do you do if one deal slips what are the three or four things that you can do is something that you have to constantly work at and that is why jobs like these are very tough to sustain very tough to execute and in some sense some of these roles are paid better now you get why because the risk the complexity the challenge of the role is so much that that's why you get paid better when i say better as compared to say similar roles in other departments right so a marketing uh, rep might not get the same compensation mix as the sales rep because the risk and the reward are higher you take a higher risk and you get a higher reward and that is what the whole deal is and when in the absence of all this when a manager finally sees that this person despite my training my help my compassion my latitude if you will is unlikely to recover their forecast that is how they get identified or clubbed or bracketed as potential attrition either by way of voluntary attrition or by way of performance improvement plans now there have been cases where lot of reps have been given have been given territories which have been forsaken territories and they have been good but they have missed the numbers for now you need to know that the pip candidates are those who do not seem to have a future as per the manager that even if this person somehow manages to get through this quarter they are not going to be sustainable they are not going to have a long term potential in the role and so they take a hard call to let you go whether it is right or wrong that's completely debatable but that's how they think now are there cases where people have walked out of a pip plan answer is yes in fact i know of at least two cases where somebody was handed down a pip and then they emerged out of it and then went on to become a most valuable player mvp now those are remember exceptions these are not the rule say 100 people 
95-97 will perhaps exit the PIP leaving the organization only two or three who fight it out for some way or the other and it's extreme pressure once you are under PIP you are monitored on a weekly basis on a daily basis then not just the work that you do but additionally the delivery week on week against all odds is very difficult you'd rather you know not go through the pain and exit the organization is a smarter bet because if you believe that you've been wronged then you can be proven right elsewhere you know there are lots of situations in in the corporate world like i said remember capitalism and fairness don't go together there are instances in corporate history where someone has been deliberately put on PIP despite, let me rephrase that. When I say someone has been put on PIP, I mean the numbers have not been met. It's a fact, but it's not always such black and white because, for example, if you're in a God-forsaken region, territory patch or situation or something which is beyond your control, which is impacting not just you, if anybody else would have been there, they also would have had similar results. There is very little patience to hear that part of the story. And that's a reality, unfortunately, because at a mathematical level, three regions have met the number, one region has not met the number. So people look at it very objectively. So it really depends from management to management. Some managements are where they have a precedence of, they, they understand, right? Some of the leaders who have in person sold in tough territories who have not traditionally performed well and then emerged successful if they go on to be in management they're a little more compassionate versus in most cases where the management some of these senior management people have never sold in for example if you give to give you an india india example if you have not sold in the eastern region say excluding calcutta if you say rachi Orissa, Qatar, Guwahati, there's an emerging belt. Now, if you, if you have been given the same numbers, that of your counterpart in Mumbai, which is a financial headquarters of the country, and that person is killing it by 120% attainment and you are struggling to get to 70% attainment, there will be very few managers, unfortunately, who will listen to your part of the story and say, okay, 70% is equal to, say, 95% in Mumbai or in the Western region. So a smart way to do it is before you get to the numbers, try and negotiate for a lesser number for that region owing to the historical data. So the question I would ask is, well, in the last five years, the numbers have not crossed, say, 100K, just as a hypothetical number. How are you giving me a budget of 200K? So can I negotiate this for a 90K? That has been the average attainment. Let me make it uh, an aggressive 5, 7, 10% more in that region and get to about 98K as a quota. That's a negotiation for which you have to do a lot of homework and back it with data. Now, beyond a point, if you can make the, the sales operations guy your friend and have two or three other people back you on this, you have a story. And if you don't, then unfortunately, that's the fate. It is incorrect, but that's the way of the world. And therefore, you have to be worried about that region, about the territory and how you're going to work that territory, plow the field and get over it. So that will require 
you as an individual contribute to be extra cautious extra careful and extra communicative you know sometimes some of the smart people have done is turned adversity into opportunity right look it was so difficult to sell into these regions but here is what i did a great example was you know there was this product which was very expensive from back in the days of a tier 1 organization almost like 225k per proc give you an example of apac now we were all uh, sales guys and uh, there was this person who was assigned bangladesh pakistan sri lanka nepal bhutan some of these areas as his business territory now he totally freaked bricks out there and like how am i going to deliver and the product that we are talking about was about 225k per proc now lo and behold fast forward end of the quarter uh, when the results were being discussed the folks who were selling into india they missed their forecast for some reason for that line item for that particular product but this other bloke who was selling into these other regions met his numbers and people were like wow how do you manage to do that so there are these people who convert adversity into opportunity you know what he did was turn the narrative around completely and work with finance to come up with very ridiculous one time approval finance options and landed the product in the in the regions that of bangladesh sri lanka nepal pakistan where the net of the story was it was a booked order right so he could show it as revenue and the lengths that the person had to go through to get such exceptions and approvals was unprecedented but what's the net result net result is in a qbr when the top region which was india at the time did not the person who was representing india <laughs> missed the numbers missed his forecast for that particular product line item uh despite having the best probable chance of selling it versus this other person who had the least probable chance of selling it that person managed to turn it around and that was a learning curve for so many of us so it's like in the middle of chaos there is an opportunity so it really depends on how you look at or on the lens that you look at the particular problem statement in conclusion i'd say yes it's not going to be fair from time to time but i can tell you that over a, remember you have a 30 year career so my hope and i'm a optimist i'm a person who likes to believe in positivity that when you exit your career at the 30 year mark plus minus you might exit at 25 or 32 or whatever you will perhaps reflect back and say that you had more positives than negatives there will be bad debts personally if you ask me if you exit your career with a 90% success ratio and 10% bad debt you'd have done a fabulous job 10% shit happens so deal with it get over with it forget it move on right the idea is to keep it below the bad debt below 10% somehow and keep working at it and if you have got yourself into a rut where you are somehow the gods have worked against you just move on fair enough don't get stuck to that opportunity move on to the next one and prove yourself to be a success this it world or it sales world is a small place very soon 
or sooner or later you you will come across a situation where you are perhaps gone back to the same organization at a leadership level and when you are standing at the podium there will be 50000 other people listening to your journey line that look those were the days when i did not perform now i am leading this organization so on that note good luck with your sales forecast good luck with your quarter numbers and don't worry about pip work hard know what you signed up for and give it your best shot and if it doesn't work out no love lost you are a good player if you have if you have been a good player for better part of your career please back yourself that you will not become a bad player overnight with that thought good luck and happy selling Well, that's all for now. I hope you had a good time listening as much as I had sharing these thoughts. And if you did, do tune in to the other episodes of Bus Talk. Yes, you could share them on Facebook or Twitter and with especially those who might appreciate similar content. And if you need to talk to me or reach out to me, you can use the Twitter handle Hashtag #gyanban spelled as g y a n b a n one word or email me on gyanban at gmail dot com again spelled as g y a n b a n n. Be sure to tune in next week. There is a fascinating episode coming up for you. Till we meet again, stay safe, be well, and bring your A game to work. Ciao.